What is good? It's me, your friendly neighbor, Nerd the Bobo, and welcome back to uh, Bobo's Block. If this is your first time, I want to thank you guys for joining us for this block party that we do every single week. If this is your 18th, 19th, 20th time, what up, dog? It's been a good chance to see you. Glad we can have this time to talk again. Um, Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and um say, firstly, shout out to my Patreon. If you guys do not know, this show is solely sponsored by our Patreons, and uh, we go live every Monday at 2 o'clock on Instagram Live. I'm on there right now. So if you guys want to join that conversation, be sure to hit me up on Instagram at BoboFNN. That's B-O-B-B-O-F-N-N. And you guys can go ahead and talk to me as we record this show. So um, first things first, let's get into this weekend update. Um, <clears throat> didn't really get into too, too much, but I do want to go ahead and give some shout outs to a couple things that went down or so. Um, shout out to Champ 7 Pro Wrestling, um, my home promotion. We went out to um, the Rookies Challenge last, well, this upcoming weekend. It was like Saturday that it happened, and we had a ball. I got to see the newbies get broken in. I was one of the, the judges for the Rookie Challenge this year. It's kind of weird, just one year removed uh, from being a rookie myself um, uh, in Champ 7 Pro Wrestling. I was able to judge the new guys on how they were Coming up in the ranks. So, yeah, um, the psychotic city in Samir won Rookie of the Year. And you guys can check him out um, when we come back for the Hall of Fame. Him and Jimmy Jam, the, um, light heavyweight, the light heavyweight champion, will be the special guest for the Hall of Fame on next, well, this upcoming week, this upcoming Saturday. Um, yeah, and also look out for the 29th. They have the... Night of Champions down there, Champ 7. Um, of course, as I told you guys before, on the 21st, I will be in Orlando at I Believe um, I believe in Wrestling and Team Dojo, Team Visions Dojo down there taking it to Dion and Gorilla Blanco with my tag team partner, The Dashing Cam. Um... It's gonna be a it's gonna be a big big boy fight. That's all I can tell you. It's gonna be a big boy fight. You guys are gonna be seeing as as Big E says a, a lot of big men slapping meat. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you guys want to come down and check it out, this will be the last show at the um, Nacros. Um, uh, how could I say the Nacros Studio, the 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 Plaza, or like the dojo? There, we're moving into a new dojo, um, and they will be they won't be doing any shows in March. Because of the move, so we'll be back in April. You guys will see us at WrestleMania weekend, and you guys will also see see us perform in a couple other places as well. So March, I'm going to probably be a little bit of dabbling here and there. Um, I want to try and see if I can spread my wings to a couple other promotions. So if you guys want to come, want me to be in your city, or if you guys want me to come wrestle for somewhere that you want to go, um, yeah. You let me know, and I'll definitely be out there. Yeah, hey, thank you, um, Shinobi J. Shout out to Kiss It. Yeah, man. Um, we are a force to be reckoned with when it comes to me and Cam. We we don't like each other all the time, but when it gets to our, when that bell rings, we have to get on one page at least. So, yeah, um, I want to go ahead and give a little quick update on the show itself. I want to say thank you guys for sticking in there with me last week. I don't know what was up with me. I think I was, like, sleep drunk. I'm so tired. I was so tired. But I am back um, back to 100%, and I am not going to be rambling on <laughs> as I was. Um, it also took a hit for our promotions and so, because I really didn't um, put it out the show as I, as I um, 
as I should have. And that, that's on me. And I do want to apologize to all you blockheads about that. So if you did not get a chance to listen to last week's episode, Voices in My Head, please go back and check it out. Um, and it's a great episode. talks about a wonderful um, topic about the voice actors who changed my childhood. We talked about Chris Summers. We talked about Phil Lamar. We talked about like Samuel Jackson. All, all the people who've done great voiceover work. And uh, I've given you a lot of good updates and everything on there as well. Um, if you also are looking for more content or more shows from me, I am getting back into my network, my network grind. Um, the Wonderground will be starting back up. Um, well, the Wonderground Media Network will be starting back up. Uh, Wonderground is a big movement for, for me. It's something that I've always been wanting to take to the next level as a brand. And I said, we have the open mic and we also have the media um, production company that does the podcasting and does the video content and things of that nature. So you guys will be able to see a lot more from the Wonderground brand. Um, we have a lot of shows on the, on the, on the horizon coming. We're going to be restarting picking the brain with Ant and sin. We're going to be giving you guys some new content from a show of me and a couple of my friends. It's called you filthy casuals. And it kind of coincides with what I'm wearing today our first episode is about power Rangers. it's a fandom show so you guys will be able to get deeper into like said fandoms that you love we talk we'll probably talk like harry potter we'll talk um hunger games we'll talk star wars anything that you guys could have a fan base for we'll definitely be um putting on those topics and it said kind of delving deep into them for you um as well as i told you guys i teased it for you last week or last episode i do have a new interview show that i want to be starting up it's called creators in color um creators in color is basically going to be about comic book artists um independent comic book writers creators who are in the industry and majorly i want to be doing interviews i love sitting down and talking with people and i haven't gotten a chance to um do this as well yeah, yeah if you want to catch me on um on spotify itunes stitcher we're a little bit of everywhere so you always got to just look up bobo's block b-o-b-b-o b-l-o-c-k and that's where you can find um our po- find this podcast at least um but the Wonderground will also be distributed over all streaming platforms like i said spotify itunes iHeartRadio, Deezer, Stitcher, everywhere that you listen to your podcasts, even the little podcast apps. Like I said, you guys will be able to find all these shows that I'm going to be talking about and all these shows that we're going to have upcoming. So, yeah, the 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 Wonderground family is going to be growing again. And as I said, hopefully we'll bring back um, some of your favorite hits like Searching for Lost Keys. And like I said, I know you guys love Picking the Brain. And as I said, um, Bobo's Block has been here more consistently. So I have to get everybody else back up to, to speed. And we may even um, try to do a more, how can I put it, a more... Um, more structured scheduling for all of our shows so yeah so be on the lookout for that and be on keep your ears to the timeline and you guys will be able to get new content from me and my crew okay all right so um i think that's about it for the weekend update i said it's just been a little bit of just chilling or so um oh i also hope you guys had a good valentine's day um for those who all celebrated it um i wish you guys a happy valentine's day on our twitter um if you guys were able to spend it with someone you love or at least just hang out with friends and said something that y'all want to kind of take it take part of and, and kind of have those moments and make those memories man so there's never anything that's 
bad if you're not in a relationship and you don't have anybody to to be with on Valentine's Day. You can always chill with your friends, your loved ones, and people who make you happy. That's really what Valentine would want, or Saint Valentine would want, to be with the ones that make you happy, man. And that's what I think we get away from on Valentine's Day. Right now we're in the President's Day. I really don't know what this day is for, but it's an off day for kids. So hope you guys with children are enjoying it. I hope you guys who got the day off work are having a good day for President's Day. So yeah, we're going to be able to kind of... um get a president hopefully soon so we can all as a nation enjoy president's day because i still don't believe that um this should be a holiday until we get an actual president so yeah <laughs> that's a yeah we're not here for that though because bobo's block is a politically neutral show i've always kept it politically neutral so i'm gonna keep that up so um whew. all right so i think that's about it yeah so let's go ahead and go around, around. The net. the net and with the round the net this is going to be a little bit of a interesting one this week all right so i'm going to go ahead and let you guys start off with what you, what i know i want to talk about i'm going to be talking about the new screen test that matthew that matt reeves put out for the batman suit oh my god so if you guys don't know batman has been like a readily like ramping up production they've been shooting more out in the city and stuff like that and i think what matt reese wanted to do was give the public a look at the suit before you got those those like cell phone behind the scene camera pics of it like they did with suicide squad and stuff like that because um this suit is it looks is an interesting look to it and you can't really capture it on a cell phone so having a full like 8k camera test was dope um, I want to just play this music that went along with it because honestly, this music is fucking fire. Um, it is the composure of what's to actually be the theme for the Batman film, and like, oh, like it's. I don't know if you hear that. Let me see. I want to get sued anyway, so. Like it's it's a banger. I can't wait for this full theme. And um, I'm going to be honest with you guys. Like, I'm looking again at the screen test. Robert Pattinson looks really good as Batman. Like, um, Matt Reeves has really made me a believer, man. Like, he really has, like, turned me from somebody who was, like, another Batman reboot or another Batman movie we're getting to someone who's, like, give me this. Inject this directly into my veins. Like... I'm super excited. Um, I'm super excited to see where they go with this because this is going to be a detective style movie. So what we got this look of was just literally the bat symbol on his chest and up. We didn't. We don't know how the rest of the suit looks, but it looks like a kind of a tactical armor. But it also has some major Easter egg details in this suit. Um, we. We did look. Um, we did look as it said the bat symbol, and it looks to be made out of the pieces of the gun that killed his parents from Joe Chill, and that's a deep Batman cut. That's something that people who really have been reading Batman for a while are reading Batman as like a kid or whatever. Probably don't even catch up on until you like you think back or somebody has to kind of say like, "Oh, is that a gun?" Like, because we've been so used to these armored out versions of Batman. Like, "Oh yeah, that's metal. Okay, cool." But like, you have to think about like something like that. Batman originally, when he um, put on the suit, 
he made that vow that Joe Chill's gun was going to protect him or protect his heart um, as like as he was the thing that took his heart from him. But yeah, uh, I'm super, super excited. We have everybody slated so far. So far, we speculated. Um, Matt Reeves confirmed a few things. Other things have been speculated. So we have Robert Pattinson as Batman. We have um, Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. We have Colin Farrell as possibly the Penguin. We have um, a a Riddler character. I forget who's playing him. I have to go back and check. We have Commissioner Gordon. We have um, we have a slew of people who are going to be in this movie, and I'm actually excited to see what they do with it. And um, I, I really can't wait until until we um <laughs> until we get the actual trailer, dog. I think it's gonna. People are saying the trailer probably going to drop around December. Uh, we don't know yet. We have to kind of like still wait and see when they're done with the production and things like that. And even after the number of production, the after effects and everything they got to put into it. So we'll we'll check and see where they at by the end of the year. Hopefully we'll get something from the Batman um, as we move into 2021. Um, another movie news coming in. We finally got our first leaked looks at Cheetah from Wonder Woman 1984. It was on merchandise, but it was the look of... Um, the actress Kristen Wiig in full cheetah garb. Um, it was an illustration, so it may not be. You had to kind of take it with a grain of salt, but she looks decent. Like it looks dope. Like um, the rendering of how they're gonna have her with the the cheetah spots and the fur and everything. So yeah, um, they're saying that when Wonder Woman dons the golden armor, that's when she's gonna be fighting Cheetah because Cheetah's gonna be at like her full strength and like full on like animalistic bloodthirsty mode so yeah so we're gonna have to kind of wait and see after more trailers drop and right kind of around the beginning of the movie because that's something big that you don't want to fully give away but you do want to tease it i think they're going to give us a moment of her transforming into cheetah but we're going to see how Kristen wig goes from a plucky little scientist who just wants to save the world to a tragic villain that becomes wonder woman's greatest rival so hey i'm excited to um also get, sink my teeth into that movie and i can't wait to hear your thoughts about it as well so again if you guys want to join the conversation on here um you guys can definitely um c catch me on instagram live every monday at two and i'll be at bobo fnn that's b-o-b-b-o fnn and yeah and um just like i have a couple people on here now i so say you guys will be able to talk back with me as well um, next up on the block it, we have some sad news. Um, well, not really sad news. It's just it's more of a a revelation of where we're where we're at nowadays. So, um, kind of important to me and important to a lot of gamers. Um, Jeff Keighley, one of the major hosts of the E3 experience. Um, he's done like IGN. He's done. He's done, like I said, the gaming awards. He does a lot of stuff in the gaming community. And E3 is one of his biggest shows every year. Put out a statement that this year that he won't be doing E3. It's a official statement says from Jeff, um, for the past 25 years, I've attended every electronic ele electronic entertainment expo. Covering, hosting, and sharing E3 has always been a highlight of my year. Not to mention a defining part of my career. I've debated what to say about E3 2020. While I want to support the developers who will showcase their work, I also need to be open and honest with you, the fans, about precisely what to expect from me. I've made a difficult decision to decline to produce E3 Coliseum for the first time in 25 years. I will not be participating in E3. 
I look forward to supporting the industry in other ways and, and at other events in the future. And honestly, this is like a, a big blow for E3. Um, we've been sitting around always talking more and more about is E3 still relevant to the gaming community and should we still like support it, go out to it and all that stuff or has it, has it kind of done its, done its course or so? Because um, if you look at E3, it was first Nintendo. Nintendo started pulling out of E3 and stopped going to doing their big reveals there at E3. They've done, they do their own digital streaming. Sony started doing it as well over the last couple of years. Sony's pulling out. And they're saying that Microsoft is no longer doing it at E3. They're going to be doing it at the Microsoft Theater in L.A. down the street. Um, it's really hard because, like, when your biggest people are not there, it honestly takes away from actually wanting to be there. So... Um, that's like saying we're going to Comic-Con because we had the same thing with Comic-Con. We wanted to know if Comic-Con was still relevant. If, if the things we loved about Comic-Con weren't there, would we still go? And the things we love are luckily still there. Like, that's like saying Marvel, DC, and, um, and like Image Comics pulled out of, of Comic-Con. There's no, really no reason to go. They're not going to be presenting anything. They won't have any information there. They'll just have booths there with all the current stuff out. You won't get any new stuff. Want to hear about any upcoming films, upcoming comic books, upcoming stories? Like, it's really no reason to go. Like, besides cosplaying, and that's really what E3's kind of turned into now. Like, nobody's really there. We're just there for nostalgia's sake. Like, and E3 is a play is a, an event where it's invitation only. You have to apply to go to E3. I've applied many times. Like, I've only gotten to, like, the second round or whatever. But, yeah, hopefully one day, if it's still going, um, I'll be able to get out to E3 and tell you guys how it goes. But, yeah, it's whew, it's, just a, it's just a lot, man. I want to be able to see things like, like that survive and thrive. But, like, sometimes it may be, it may be time to say conventions of that magnitude have run its course. Like, I don't think we need something like an E3 anymore to announce big games, big developments. Uh, it may work still for probably, like, indie gamers, but if we are able to scale E3 down back to what it used to be, that'd probably be the best thing that would work for um, the Electronic Entertainment Expo. So, yeah, hopefully we'll be able to find the, find the medium with that or so, and we'll figure out what we'll do. Alrighty, so um, next up on the block, it, it, we have a big surprise, a huge surprise, man. Um, so Sonic the Hedgehog actually took number one in the box office this year, and it opened the best opening for any video game adaptation movie ever. Um, Sonic the Hedgehog brought in $57 million in its first opening weekend. That is astounding. Um, I will also say that it comes upon the backs of the people who vehemently supported Sonic or vehemently helped the developers kind of get a kick in the butt and like, hey, like, this first rendition was horrible. Can you make Sonic look like Sonic? And I think that's really what what saved this movie besides Jim Carrey because the Jim Carrey scenes, I don't think they reshot many of those. They really didn't do much with his stuff. It was the Sonic and the um, the Sonic and the human interaction that they had. That that's what they really changed up. But I've heard nothing but great things about this movie. Jim Carrey is a delight. He's back in full stride, like 
full Ace Ventura, the mask, like liar, liar, Jim Carrey stride. Um, great physical comedy, great quips, great little Easter eggs for people who love Sonic are in there. Like, there's nothing bad about this movie. And I think really them going back and redoing the actual design of Sonic is what saved it. Because I think, I think the movie was going to be kind of similar to what it is now, just with that really ugly Sonic. And I think they were had like a little bit more human interaction with it. But yeah, but I think it was but I think them listening to the fans and saying, Oh, you don't like this? Okay, let's fix this while we have time. And I wanna give a big shout out to all of the designers, the animators, the the renderers, everybody who was involved in making the new Sonic what it looks like now. Thank you, because you didn't have to do that for us. And you guys did and we went out and showed the support for you in doing that by going ahead and going ahead and giving you that fifty seven million um for your opening weekend. So yeah, so we are elated to um see what what all went down with that. So yeah, if you guys keep going to support Sonic, we may get a sequel. <laughs> we may get a sequel. They um in the in the ending credits it is set up for a sequel and then you do get some after credit scenes. So yeah, if you haven't seen Sonic yet, please go ahead and check it out and stick around for after the credits as well, okay? Um, so yeah, next up we have on the block, we have a lot of sports happening this weekend as well. Um, we have currently the XFL is going on. Um, the XFL is, whew, it, it's, it's getting off to a start that I didn't expect. The DC defenders are literally dominating everybody that they have gone up against. Um, I have to check out the rest of the scores from the other games, but I watched the DC defenders versus the New York guardians. And those were the two undefeated teams from last week. And DC just trampled all over New York. It was like 27 to 0. It looked like a Madden game. It was crazy. Um, so, yeah, so I'm actually excited to see what happens with the XFL. And in Junction as well, um, the NBA had their All Star weekend. And with the All Star weekend, um, it was a lot of fun because we had the. The happenings of like the slam dunk contest and stuff, man. And with the slam dunk contest, you had a lot of great things. Um, of course, as well with the with the tragedy that happened not too long ago, there were many, many, many tributes to Kobe Bryant here. What's going on, lads? Thank you for joining us here on the block, man. Um, yeah, there was the a lot of tributes to Kobe Bryant here. We had a tribute, um, the All Star concert, and we had a tribute. During the game, and I said Dr. Dre did a tribute as well. Um, there was there was a lot of love for the Black Mamba, of course, and it's a tragic thing that happened. And you guys know how everyone has been affected by it. If you guys have been affected by it as well, I'm I'm glad we're able to come together as like a, a group, as as sports lovers, and just pay respects to a really great athlete that Kobe Bryant was. So yeah, um, there was also a little bit of. <laughs> I would say controversy. Um, Shaka Khan did a very Shaka Khan rendition of of the of the national anthem. I had no problems with it because I know how Shaka Khan sings and I know how she kind of gets down or whatever. But um, there were people who were saying that it was kind of reminiscent of what happened with Fergie. I don't believe that. <laughs> I don't believe that. So yeah, we we um we we. We need to um, go back and just pay respects to our, our legends. But, yeah, speaking of the game itself, yeah, it was Team LeBron versus Team Gannis. 
at Giannis. Um, it was 157 to 155, literally down to two points. Two points, and yeah, Ginobili. You know, I, I, I gotta watch the highlights. If you got Rob, man, that sucks. I gotta, I gotta see if, um, see if Team LeBron was on the up and up on this one. I love, I love my King James, but sometimes they do be, they do be putting them up on there on that pedestal a little bit times. But yeah, um, Kawhi Leonard actually won the first, um, Kobe Bryant MVP trophy. Um, that was a big award for him because honestly, he was very close to with Kobe as well. And that was um, something that really, really touched his heart. So, yeah, so he was the NBA All-Star, Kobe Bryant MVP. And, yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to see where we, we, we go next with the NBA. And this was just a good night for everybody involved in the NBA to kind of get out there, kind of stretch their legs, and kind of get some fun back into it because it's kind of been such a somber um, feel to everything. So, yeah. Um, sticking with basketball news, and wants to say a big happy birthday to Michael Jordan. Um, MJ is turning 57 today. Uh, and I, I'm one of the kids who grew up wanting to be like Mike. And when you want to be like Mike, you have to get on the court every day. I was more of a football kid. But still, I wanted to be like Mike. Um, and <laughs> to see this icon still be, still kind of hold on to what he is now, it's really dope to see, man. He, um... Let's read off the, 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 the stats that Bleacher Report puts out. Um, six championships, 6-0 in the finals, six-time final MVP, five-time MVP overall, 14 all-star, yeah, 14-time all-star, um, rookie of the year, defensive player of the year, 10-time first-team NBA, well, 10-time first-team all-NBA, nine-time first-team all-defensive, 10-time scoring champ, Fifth most points ever and the first billionaire player. Jordan has done it all. Like, he honestly has done it all when it comes to basketball. And he's branched out into so many other venues and so many other um, lanes. And it's crazy to see, like, how um, his impact is still felt on the game. And you really have to take it, like, take it all. Like, all, all this man has accomplished, and he still, still could have done more. Honestly, I feel like he still could have done more. But, yeah. Um, all right, so, yeah, for, that's it for basketball. And, um, of course, as we go into the world of wrestling, we had a, a NXT takeover in, in Portland, Oregon. Um, Portland, they, they put on a show. They put on a big show. I was super impressed, and I had a lot of fun with it. Um, they started off the match with Keith Lee versus Dominic Dakojevic. Um, they went for the North American Championship, and they that was like that was like their fifth encounter that they've had. And um, even with they're doing this for the fifth time, it always impresses these two huge, like gigantic forces coming at each other at full full strength. Oh my god. Um, Keith Lee came out on top and retained his title. Um, we had a street fight between Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox. That street fight went really, really brutal. Um, shout outs to those girls. Shout outs to um, the the <laughs> the crowd as well. The crowd was a the wonderful six man in the in the in the involvement of keeping the energy and the atmosphere hype for this. Um, yeah, there was some. Some foul foul play at the end of it. I don't want to spoil it, but you guys go check that out um, between Tegan Knox and and Dakota Kai. So yeah, I want to go ahead and also give a big big shout out to Philip versus Johnny Gargano. I did not expect it to go the way that it did, but whoo, 
wow. That was a that was a, a fight for the that was a fight for the year. Like I want to put it into match of the year contendership, but um we'll see what else we have because it's still only like February. We'll see what else we have coming down the line. Um, then we had Tommaso Ciampa versus Adam. Well, no, we had the the tag team championships, and we had tag team champions for the Bruiser, yeah, the Bruiser weights versus the Undisputed Era. And the Bruiser weights came out on top, and they finally grabbed that brass wing. And yeah, they are your new tag team champions, Pete Dunne and Matt Riddle. I think this is Matt Riddle's first piece of gold in WWE. So yeah. Big outs to the boy. Everybody's been saying he's had a lot of heat backstage and he's got a lot of eyes on him. But, hey, he's still putting in work and still doing what he needs to do in front of the in front of the, in front of the crowd. So, glad to see that he's able to um, work with Pete Dunne and get this and get his first title. Okay? Um, and then we had the... And then we had the NXT Championship for Tommaso Ciampa versus Adam Cole. And they literally threw everything, everything at Tommaso Ciampa. But he was determined to bring his belt home. But unfortunately, he was unsuccessful. Um, you guys check that match out, see where the twists and turns happened in there. And yeah, that was an amazing takeover event. And I can't wait to see what they do with the, with the takeover Tampa that's going to be happening um, right before WrestleMania. Um, and also, they did announce... Uh, a new takeover for NXT UK. NXT UK will be doing their next takeover in Dublin, Ireland. Um, you guys want to go ahead and definitely check out NXT UK. They have some of the best um, best wrestlers in Europe going through there. Of course, their champion right now is Volta, the Ring General Volta, and he and the um, his Imperium gang um, are literally still dominating the, the landscape. But yeah, they have. Um, likes of like Grizzle Young Veterans, Lee Garrow, you have Travis Banks, the Kiwi Buzzsaw, you have Tony Storm, you have so many of the um of the British scene's best talent, it's hard not to take notice of it. So yeah. So yeah, I think that's about it for the block it. So I'm gonna go ahead and um take a little break for you guys and then we're gonna go ahead and come back and I will talk about the black impact on media today all right get you guys after the break Pleasure for you guys to be here again. I really appreciate you 
taking your time out this week listening to this episode. Um, so I want to go ahead and sit down and talk about something that's really been on my mind. So we we talked about how there were so many people behind the scenes, black people behind the scenes of our favorite characters and so that have shaped my childhood. But honestly, it took uh, it took a little little thinking or so to realize that there are a lot of people in front of the camera nowadays that look like me that's shaping so many other people's childhoods or so many other people's perspectives. And I want to go ahead and give appreciation to that because currently we have a lot of black history in the making. And it didn't it didn't always be like this. Like there weren't so many dope ass black shows on television to kind of just take advantage of and look at or actually just appreciate and think about. Like you you didn't have stuff like Luke Cage or Black Lightning. You didn't have things like Watchmen. You didn't have um, Insecure by Issa Rae. You didn't have Atlanta. And like it started back when it was around that time when Insecure Season 1 started dropping. Atlanta started dropping. Underground started dropping. Own started putting out a lot of black um, black-led shows. Like it was just one after another. We just started seeing ourselves more and more on television. And that is something that is needed. Representation has always been one of the things I've advocated for in a major way. And representation is what keeps that spark of creativity going. Because if I am not able to see someone who looks like me doing something that I want to do, I won't have the motivation or courage to like say, hey, oh, well, maybe, I, maybe I'm not I'm not able to do it like that or whatever. But, but honestly, when I do get to see creators of color, people who are able to put on put on shows like Lena Waithe putting on and producing so many shows as well on her end. Are we putting in like Donald Glover bringing his conception of Atlanta to life? Like you have to sit back in awe from these people that you've watched start up on YouTube, such as like Issa Rae with Awkward Black Girl and just seeing her with a huge HBO presence now, like it's bananas. Are you, you get that opportunity to see, um, characters that you wouldn't think that would get the, the the play or the TV time, such as a Black Lightning come out with one of the best series in the CW Arrowverse when it comes story-wise since The Flash or since Arrow Season 2 or 3 or whatever. Like, you, you get enthralled or you get taken in by what's going on and what's happening with everything. And I'm just so excited. Like, you get to, you get to have your cake and eat it too. Like, I don't have to feel like you're blackwashing or, or what it again we busted that myth of blackwashing characters or blackwashing television. They're just showing us being us and that's the main thing that we've always wanted to have. We don't want to be a trope. We don't want to be a monolith. We don't want to be something that you have to expect to see every single time like, oh, you're playing thug number three, or you're playing drug dealer number four, or you're oh crazy crackhead number two. Like, no. These are Characters who have depth, who have who have have like clout when it comes to to things like um. I always made a joke during the first couple of seasons of Black Lightning that like their mom, no matter what, no matter what happened or whatever, you forget their mom is a whole ass doctor who owns her own house and like literally take can take care of herself, but she's here just for her girls. Like <laughs> like she don't have to do any of this. She she doesn't need. Jefferson, she doesn't need anything from them. Like, well, she wants to keep that family dynamic going because, hey, 
that's what you do. It's like it's it's a strong bond between them. Regardless, it's a family dynamic that can't be broken. And I applaud the writing staff of shows like Watchmen, of shows like Black Panther, and shows that have have broken ground and like have have put so many black nuances that we know that we love that we can relate to they put them onto the map and even with hard-hitting things like when Watchmen tackled um when Watchmen tackled the Tulsa massacre when it tackled Black Wall Street that was something no one was prepared for I was literally sitting there with my jaw agape because I didn't expect them to go full out hey this is what happened and people didn't. They people thought it was like a fake rendition. Like that was literally what what happened. It it it's a sad thing to see that Black history can be seen as Black science fiction, or or just be science fiction in general. But when it's actually science, or when it's actually just history, when it's reality, when it's something that actually took place. Like and and people don't don't talk about Rosewood. They don't talk about. Black Wall Street. They don't talk about accent on Sunday here in Jacksonville, Florida. But these things happen, and for them to actually tackle um, with a, a a brevity uh, as such as it was, like it was, whew, it was something different. And they also even tackled a lot of Black history within itself. There's a good article that just came out about um, all of the Easter eggs, the Black Easter eggs that that um, Watchmen went over besides the Tulsa massacre. So yeah, so you guys can go ahead and check get check that out. I'll go ahead and put it up on my um, Twitter. So follow me at BaboFNN on Twitter, and you guys will definitely be able to check that out from me. Okay, um, as well, you get you get more and more range from um from our our actual characters now. Like it's more than just a oh urban hip hop thug type stuff. Like yeah, we still have that base or whatever. And honestly. It's always going to be kind of a, 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 not I wouldn't say trope, but it's always going to be kind of a, a callback because black usually means urban or urban usually means the N word as Tyler Creator said. Um, and it's like, Hey, like we need to, we need to show that black people love rock. Black people love goth, goth, um, aesthetics, black people love anime, black people love, Love anything that you feel like you you get you know, called a white thing or what you guys may think as like oh non black or whatever we love it like there there's so many people who are ashamed to be like I love cornholing and <laughs> that's crazy because I even said it myself you can win twenty eight thousand dollars at a cornholing competition and I was like I need to reevaluate my career because I'm really good at cornholing. Um, <laughs> Yeah, like we we are on a spectrum, man. As as black people, and we're just people, dog. And that's the thing that a lot of our media is starting to recognize that we're not just oh, like hard or strong, or we're not we don't have to have trauma to define our story. We're just people, and that's where we need to go. Because there was a big thing about um the recent movie that again that I love that it was Issa Rae, the photograph came out um this valentine's day weekend and people were like the one thing i loved is that there wasn't a big traumatic thing that made them fall in love with each other there wasn't a traumatic moment where she she had to go through to understand this is what love is no it was just two people falling in love 
There doesn't have to be suffering when it comes to things like that. And they, they were just two normal people. Like, there was just a journalist and a, and a girl who's trying to understand her mom, who was an artist. Like, and it's just refreshing. Um, and even with um, Issa, her next movie that's coming out, Lovebirds, um, <laughs> is she said that it's always people think that when it's interracial relationship, it's black and white or, or something in white, something in white, something in white. It's like there are a lot of people who just don't solely date white people, y'all. Like, So it's her and um, Camille Manjani, who is a Pakistani-American, and like that's something you don't see on TV. That there's a, a black woman who's dating a Pakistani man, like, and that's something that they want to get across. That we love is love, and you can love whoever you love. You can love whoever you want, and no matter what their background and ethnicity is, like, you guys find each other, and you have reason to find each other. And it doesn't have to be just black and white or Pakistani and white or, or whatever. And like, it could be whoever you want. You don't like it's it's wonderful to see that everyone is trying to that everyone is finding that representation and as I said um you have this range of of wonderful like impact that's spread from the black community now into the Asian community because you have things like Crazy Rich Asians where you have Henry Golden as a lead man and he's seen as like this attractive attractive suave debonair type man and like now you have him in the gentleman where he's playing this role where it's kind of like mobster slash comedy and it's so dope to see that again you have the range to work with these people just let them act just let them act because the world doesn't look as you are as people have depicted it in media over the last 150 years the world now is such a I hate to say melting bottom, but it's such a kaleidoscope of people. Like, and everyone is so different and unique, and everyone loves different things. Everyone's attracted, or hobbies are different. Like, you, you can't just put a person in a box because of their skin color. And that's what the Black Impact is teaching people. The Black Impact on media is showing you that we are who we are by our our collective experiences and not by the color of our skin, the creed of our race, anything like that. We are who we are because we are that way. I'm super excited to know that I will be able to have more blurred representation and more more like more black women seen as as nerd geeks, otaku's, weebs, like all that shit like because I I was raised raised by black women nerds. I was raised by a black woman nerd. Like I was raised to love black women nerds. Like, and I hate that it's such a unicorn of a thing that when people think like, oh, black girls like this stuff. They've been like this stuff. It's just you've been too blind too blinded by like social premises to see crap like that, man. And it's crazy. So I I, I applaud everything that's happening right now. And I do want to say that. When it comes to the standard of anything that usually happens, it's always a perspective of black and brown media that is always taken first. Whatever is a cool thing, whatever is the trending thing, usually comes from black or brown people. And you guys have to acknowledge that. There's a new, um, there's a new 
documentary out on Netflix called They Gotta Have Us. And it's a wonderful way to, to depict or illustrate this exact same thing that I'm talking about, the black impact on media. Because without us, there is no media. Without, literally, without black Twitter, there probably wouldn't be funny shit on Twitter. Without things that are made or created by black people, without the sound of black and brown people, there wouldn't be music. There wouldn't be art there wouldn't be anything that you could possibly think of because there's always just a tweak or a remix of what we've done and then put out to the mainstream white media and that's not a shot at white people that's not a shot at a, a race thing or whatever i'm just saying that like we are trendsetters and influencers and before they had even had a word and we deserve to be able to be represented within every aspect of the of the diaspora every aspect of the spectrum every aspect of anything that we've touched influenced or or created and that's all i really have to say on that so uh, again if you want to find me of course you can check me out on all my socials i've told you this about four times on this episode i'm at babo fnn that's b-o-b-b-o-f-n-n if you want to donate to the block the best way and the the most the most support you can give me is by going to my Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash B-O-B-B-O. That's patreon.com forward slash Bobo. Check out my YouTube page. Um, I am at your friendly neighborhood nerd, Bobo. Check out my um, wrestling YouTube page at Bobby Ledger Wrestling. Oh, man. Like, um, I have a lot of crap to plug, but I, I will definitely be in touch with you guys again. Uh, I, I'm super... Super excited to hear the comments or hear the conversation that we have about this. I don't know. Maybe we should start a Discord. I don't know as well. What's going on, Shay? Again, if you guys want to join me here on Bobbles Block every Monday at 2 p.m., join the conversation by um, hopping on Instagram Live with me and ch- chatting in the comments, all right? So, again, for me, your friendly neighborhood nerd, the Bobo, I want to thank you again for joining me for this weekly block party that we always have. And I'll catch you guys next week here on the block. See you.